two guys walk into a bar. <laughs> How many men in the bar can they share their emotional trauma with? <laughs>
great. Yeah, I think you guys it. should introduce us. Okay, all right. So we have Callum, uh, who made our beautiful icon art. He's an artiste. He's an artiste. Yeah, say some things so they know your voice. Some would call me an artiste. He's, he's on the left, just so... That's not relevant. <laughs> Directions are also a construct. Yeah. Hey! <laughs> and uh, we have Nathan, who did our jingle, yeah. our uh, intro music. And I'm on the right. <laughs> Great. Not politically. <laughs> hey! But what were the first representations of male friendships you remember seeing or reading? Um, and were they formative for your own friendship? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, seeing. They stroke their beards. I had a great privilege of having both my parents read to me a lot as a kid. So mm-hmm. I was early, like I was given an early introduction to books. Within those, you know, there's a, a large majority of them with uh, male protagonists. And it explores a lot of different aspects of male friendships in a lot of those kinds of books. And I'm talking like, you know, you, you got your Harry Potter, you got your Lord of the Rings, but then there's there's um, series uh, like The Golden Compass, which has uh, female protagonists, but uh, many male characters who tie mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and have interesting sort of relationships. So like, I had that as a springboard. Yeah, I remember a lot of mine came from books too, actually, weirdly enough. Like, I did a lot of reading... Um, Especially like young adult books, obviously. Like Harry Potter was one that I know like I read with my mom and my brother. But I feel like it's a lot easier for guys too because there's so many examples of male friendship. Like very rarely did I read books when I was younger that had like a female protagonist. And it wasn't because I was like not seeking them out, but it was just usually like there'd be like a male protagonist and then either there'd be a male friend or like a female friend as well. Or like, you know, like there was always females or one of each present there, yeah. but they were never like the chosen. Which I think is like because I'm I'm a young boy and I want to read about young boys being the chosen ones because it's I am a young boy. (laughs) I mean I also think it's because the majority of books in like certain genres like are do have male protagonists. Yeah, I think fantasy especially is is, like lends like I I just think the majority But is having male protagonists and like male characters who interact with each other the same as having stories that have fully developed friendships? Like to me and I'm not saying that there there weren't yeah. like Harry and Ron. That to me, for the most part, reads as like a well developed, deep friendship. But like something like the fucking hobbits. Who are Frodo they? And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not a friendship to me. That's... No, I don't. I don't think Frodo and I'd say Merry and Pippin is like a friendship for sure. But like, yeah, Frodo but but Sam... is that a well developed friendship? But... Because it's pretty surface level. Well, actually, I don't know. I think Frodo They're and Sam. Comic relief. See, I never read. I never read Lord of the Rings when I, I was a kid. Uh, like, but I think that like Frodo and Sam have like their their arc is their friendship. Lord of the Rings is a hard thing to do with friendships because it's really like, it's really about a very archetypal yeah friendship and yeah. support of each other in the face of adversity. It's very broad. Yeah. So you get Frodo and Sam's relationship. It's not, you know, it's using all these old archetypes of like, you know, like Frodo, like te- technically their employer and employee. That's what I was going to say. To me, but, that's how that relationship reads. But he definitely, like, you know, it's it's about it's about this this like 
unerring faithfulness to each other. Yeah. Like this this loyalty that it's so it's not really like comparable to relatable friendships. I, I think I wasn't thinking about them as male friendships at the time. I don't think that like any of those really necessarily inform me as like this is what a male friendship is or this is what a female friendship is and that's what I was kind of like uh, getting at. Well it's it, I think it's not so much about like male and female friendships being distinctively different even though I think the media representation of them is distinctively different. I think it's more about like did you see friendships between men and did that mean something to you or was that formative to you? I think it's kind of what I meant. Yeah, asking. or like I think there's a Norwegian show called Scam. <laughs> Which is scum. great. Scam. Scam. It actually is pronounced Scam, but I just feel like an idiot when I say that, so I will say Scam. <laughs> but third season is as focuses on a male character and his name is Isaac and it was the first time that I thought I really saw, like, male friendships, like, played out. Like, there are obviously, like, a million instances of, like, men in narratives where it's like, this is my bro Joe. But I just feel like so much of that was, like, like this felt like there are moments where they're talking about texting someone they like or, like, freaking out about something or, like, overthinking things or whatever. Like, they, there are just moments where these this group of boys are just having conversations. And they don't feel, like, forced or, like, they don't feel like they're trying to do that or, or you know, like, overcompensate. But I just remember watching them being like, I don't think that I've ever actually seen this um, aspect of, like, male friendship played out. I've just sort of been told. These two guys are friends. What it was to me, talk about basketball. Sophia made me watch it. It was the first time I saw men being afforded the kind of intimacy that often they're not. Yes, exactly, exactly. Um, As as a very like from a very young age, I like my best friend, my two best friends were older than me. Um, One of them is Julian, Um, and but they but they were friends first, so I kind of was idolizing two people at the same time who were friends, Um, and. Something just looking at that and then looking at media representation of male friendships that I was exposed to, it seems like the context of a male friendship was always within kind of was always within a narrative, was always geared towards a story or a game or a plot point in in media. But then like when when I was with my male friends, that was the pastime. That's like we didn't have conversations as intimately. We didn't have physical time together we had games yeah yeah and we had i said this we talked about games and we talked about you know i'm gonna say i don't think i had like an intimate male friendship conversation until probably like high school like i think like it was always just about like like, i don't know like growing up like in elementary school i i hung with like girls a lot like through school like it wasn't just like I, i had guy friends but like um i don't know i went to a pretty small school and so uh, but I remember, like, through grades one through four, basically, I just, like, hung out with girls all the time. Like, all my friends were just girls. And, like, I had guy friends, too, but, like, those were just people who I ran with. And then, like, uh, and then grade four or five, they started doing, we, we got into jungle gym, and they started playing on monkey bars a lot. And I wasn't good at swinging on the monkey bars. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, yeah. These are the real lines in the sand that yeah. we must divide ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because, so. like, it's so true. Yeah. Like, I have very vivid memories of, like, I was monkey bar person. Yeah. Yeah. Not the men that. were not there. No, and so I just went and started playing soccer. They and were too I just weak. Went and 
started hanging out with my friend it. Shane, and we just would hang out all the time, and then we'd go over to his place at lunch and play video games and do that, and mm-hmm. then just kind yeah. of became a routine. And, like, I was always friends with Shane. It was just, like, that was sort of the time that we started hanging out all the time because yeah. uh, I didn't want to do much work. I always found, too, like, I almost never had those, like, intimate conversations or, like, talking about texting girls or whatever. Like, I just, that wasn't what I did. Like, I, I think part of that is because, I guess, small school, again, and that information would just travel so quickly <laughs> that if you told everybody somebody knew. you liked them, it was like, oh, then, like, everybody yeah, yeah. knows. Hmm. That I think I just always play everything, like, very close to my chest. But, like, um, but, yeah, I just didn't have that conversation. Like, it was, like, I would occasionally tell people I liked someone, but, like, usually I was pretty shy about that sort of thing. So it was yeah. never really talking about girls. It was always just, like, talking about video games or talking about movies or, you know, something else. It would mm-hmm. never be, like, a heart-to-heart or a mm-hmm. yeah. whatever. Maybe a little bit of that comes from the fact that so often when male friendships are portrayed, like, that's not what how we see men interact so yeah. like how would you enter like into that situation yeah and it's weird because like i yeah like it feels weird talking about your like i do it i try to do it more like now than i did before because i just like talking about that stuff too it's like talking about how general well-being and state of mind and stuff like that is just interesting yeah. and like seeing how other people are doing but like but like back in the day i remember like not talking about that at all and it just being like uh again because i think like like a lot of time your feelings at that age are like about girls or about yourself or about, or about other boys, other boys and you're yeah. like yeah that's what I mean and so it's like you just don't want to like I don't know it's just kind of scary putting yourself out there because like a lot of the time in media is friendships are represented as you just goof around and that's it like that's a male friendship right Yeah. and it's nice like I never had an issue with it I never really struggled with like finding someone to talk to but I think some people do which is uh, I, great. I remember a lot of the taboos around physical like gestures yeah yeah, yeah between yeah. absolutely and oh yeah that you know that's that's never portrayed um in you know in a comfort comforting way like it's it's very rarely shown yeah. in media um but it was it was definitely something that i had to meet people who were intentionally breaking those boundaries to realize it was even possible mm-hmm. and that's another thing that is in the way i think in, the, in you know yeah it's i know what you mean like i don't think i like remember hugging my friends until like high school and like even some of my friends from elementary school who i'm like or like you have friends who like you've always kind of hugged and that's it but like i have like friends too from like elementary school still who i just don't hug because it's not something that we would do like it's just like weird we still we like we know that we like love each other and stuff but it's like I, like, told my friends, like, I love them. Like, it's not weird, but it's just, like, uh, this is not something that you do with that specific friend. It's not to say, like, I couldn't if I wanted to or, or you know, it's just, like, it's just, you don't. But I do yeah. think that there is, like, I think, Callum, you're absolutely right. I think that there is this sort of, like, um, a negative connotation that is presented with men being physical. It's like when I was in middle school, no homo, though. And you're like, yeah. okay, oh please relax. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you yeah. doing? And that used to infuriate me. But, and it still does, obviously. But I just feel like no one is running around yeah. saying no home anymore. Hopefully, jeez. Um, but that was the thing. Like, men were not allowed to be physically affectionate with each other. Meanwhile, like, I, m- most of my, like, female friends, like, in middle school, like, we were, like, very close physically. Like, it's just, like how we were or at the very least even if you didn't want to you were still allowed to to some degree yeah yeah 
I also think the ways in which men, it's like socially acceptable for men to be physical with each other, they're always like violent. Yeah. It's yeah. always like, yeah, bro, huh. Or yeah. like, I love that like hug where it's like you, you do the handshake and you like uh-huh. slash him in the back. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, I like you, but like, I'm strong. Well, that's like, I was listening <laughs> I'm to- I'm a real man. <laughs> I was listening to Couples Therapy, which is like a very funny podcast, but there was this guy on it and his name is Mort, which I also think is incredible, but he was like- why do you think guys hit each other all the time? They're like, yo, bro, yo, bro, yeah. yo, bro, because they can't hug each other yeah. or, like, hold each yeah, other's or hands like or whatever it is. Like, there has to be aggression yeah. and, like, whatever authority in it in order for you to show any kind of, yeah. like, affection. It is... I remember the high five. You like, high five the person as hard as you could. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you just try to show this physicality that's not tender. Yeah. yeah. Or gentle. Exactly. Or, like, counteract. Yeah. Yeah, I counteract it somehow. They're like, I'm a man. I want to physically touch you to represent some kind of friendship, but also I need you to know it's that a, it's I am a, I think it is a, a basic man. animal thing to re- like reassure and, and yeah. you know, but yeah. to physically yeah. touch. I think yeah. the biggest yeah. thing for me, though, wasn't the physical contact. It was always that, like, guys wouldn't compliment each other either. Like, That's it was like it was, yeah. it was until, like, you know, like, I feel like girls most, like, they're, oh, yeah. like, they're, they're, they're always like, oh, you look so pretty, you look so nice, whereas, yeah. like, guys, like, Never. Like, I don't even think until I was 20, some some guy probably told me that, like, I, they liked what I was wearing or they, like, like complimented me on something. Or, yeah. You know what I Sometimes mean? Like, our entire conversation is just telling each other how fabulous. Yeah. yeah. Like, that doesn't yeah. happen. Yeah. Like, it's like, that's why, like, lately I've been trying to go out of my way to, like, if I see something I like, but my guy friends are like, oh, I like your jeans or I like your shirt or something. Yeah. I do that with anyone, really. But, like, it's like... I, or you like how my shirt looks like it's two people having sex. Yeah. So yeah. You said. Well, yeah, that particular shirt. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he came in and I was like, "What's on your shirt?" I was like, "Oh, it's a band." He's like, like, "Oh, I oh, thought okay. they were Bane or yeah, something." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's like two bodies intertwined. Garbaggio. <laughs> Great band, now broken up. Um, I don't know. Um, but yeah, but like it was, uh, uh, yeah. Like you just don't get common a lot as a guy. Like it's yeah. like you just don't. I, it's like any common that comes my way just feels great. I just watched Booksmart. Yeah. Great movie. Yeah, it's a movie. There's one scene where they're about to go into a party and they both put on like these dazzling outfits. It's us. <laughs> and they're just trying to one up each other with how how complimentary they are. Yeah. And like I I was relating to it in a in a comedy way, but I was just like that has never happened to me. Yeah. Not even yeah. a funny way. Mm-hmm. Not even like joking yeah. like, "Oh, you look better than like I, yeah. there wasn't a, nothing." Like there would be like kind of really subdued compliments in my friendships, mm-hmm. or it's like you know, and certain friendships that were very close would you know you get more yeah. compliments, but like just when you're kind of, and my friend my friends have have a term for this called soft friend, someone who is oh. not really close to you, but like you're really friendly oh, with, you see them all the time. No, it's like, it's like yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a hard not a yeah. hardcore friend, but yeah, like someone you're like an acquaintance, like an acquaintance, yeah, but like a yeah. little more than an acquaintance. Okay, you, see them, you see them more often than that. You're kind of, okay. you know, you're yeah, friendly. Yeah. See them like three times a year. <laughs> I don't have Callum statistics. Shaking his head, yeah, like no, yeah, please yeah. don't no. add to this. Like, like one of my friends, they they have roommates who they're very friendly with, but they don't you know interact with all the time. Yeah. They don't know too much about their lives. They're their soft friends. Yeah, right. Know? They're yeah. still they're close enough, but right, not too close. Anyways. No, I never quite thought about that before because it's just something that happens all the time. Like the other day, I walked downstairs and Giselle, who like lives below us, who I don't really know, was like, "Oh my god, look at you in your little jumpsuit, so cute!" And I was like, "Thanks, girl." It's my favorite. It's my favorite. 
thing that it is. women do. Like, when you're out and about. In a bar, some, some stranger. stranger. It's just like, you look great. And you're like, <laughs> you look great. Yeah. But I also think that that was not always the case. I mean, and we talked about it in the last episode, so we don't really have to talk about it in this episode. But I do think that, like, while it's, like, there's less of a, of a taboo around, like, women complimenting each other, like, on their, like, physical appearance, when we were younger, there was so much competition between yeah. women that, like, it wasn't the same. Mm. Like, we yeah. didn't have the same culture. Like, you had the, like the passive-aggressive, like, Regina George I like your shoes. And you'd be like, I don't... I am confused because the words you said were a compliment, and yet your face and voice were an insult. Someone did that to you in high school, didn't they? Yeah, it was fucking Samantha. They were like, It was the weirdest moment of my whole life. (laughs) She was like, I like your shirt. Where'd you get it? (laughs) And I was like, wow, I feel like... (laughs) How do you respond to that? Yeah. No, but yeah, that's something I, I, like, I... I never really thought of it. Whereas a lot of men try like like try and compliment through insult. Or not even compliment, but like Yeah. Because like, you know, be be uh, what's the word? Like show affection. Show affection through insult. through yeah, yeah, through like, you know, it's like <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, you piece of shit. <laughs> sure, but like, but, but like, I love you piece of shit. Like, it's, like it's, I worked in landscaping for a bit, and yeah. there's a lot of machismo going around there, yeah. and toxic shit. I bet. Yeah. But like, the only the camaraderie of the male group was pretty uh, important, mm-hmm. and that was upheld by putting down people and like being like, oh shit, why? What? Like, you know, I can't even remember well, how to do I it. But notice too, like going into work is like now that I'm working kind of like more physical like it's not a trade job but like a trade-esque job where you get these kind of like guys who come from like all over the place in random places um you get a lot of like guys guys right or like people from small towns who have like very different upbringing than me and like the two guys that I work with like are amazing but they're just like very different friends that I've ever had like Mm -hmm. it's just like they're they clearly grew up in like a pack of boys and they're like okay we're gonna go and like you know get chicks and drink a lot and do this but it's very much like a different vibe than what i'm used to and it's and it's very much you get that like teasing and that kind of like you know you call each other harsh names but you do it because you like you know you care and you're kind of rising and like you're 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 you know it's like it's i don't know like it's not uh malicious in a weird way but it's you're saying somewhat malicious things but it sucks sometimes because if you're having a rough day where you know and uh, like i said you don't get complimented a lot as a guy so it's like you're having a rough day and you just have sometimes you come in and people are just they're calling your name you names you're like oh well great it's part of it so no no go ahead it's part of like a cumulative thing where you don't have a support system yeah (laughs) you don't really feel connected to these friends you don't feel like you can lean on them because like you're you're good you're a lone wolf you're good on your own and you also have to pretend constantly to not care right like that's how that bit works it's like oh you're shit and they're like no you're shit and like nobody cares so then it's hard to transition from that to being like actually though joe i feel like shit today so can we talk about this Mm -hmm. he's like uh i gotta go (laughs) my name's joe i can't talk to you right now well i feel like i gotta go lay some breaks i don't know it's it's not like we don't ever sophia and i don't ever razz each other it's not ever like i'm like yo get the fuck out of here 
But there has to be a foundation. That's not the majority of our friendships. I feel too that those friendships, when they're at the stage of arousing, that if it was an issue, I could bring it up and they'd be like, oh, okay, like, and they they could listen. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that, like, that's because we're adults, though. Like, I think if we were younger, I don't think that'd be the case. I think it'd be a bit of a weird situation. Is having friendships important to you or are your friends a priority? We talked a little bit about it in the last episode we did about how sometimes romantic relationships are prioritized over friendships um, for women. That's like you're expected to prioritize your romantic relationship, but you're not expected to prioritize your friends. Um, so how do you feel about that? I don't know. It's weird because it's like that girl thing where it's like you got to be there for your bro, bros before hoes or whatever. Uh. But like, I know, I know. I did quotations. It's, uh, oh. I you know, couldn't it's see it. He did air medium. quotes. Yeah. But, um... But, like, I feel like my, you know, my friends don't mind if I'm, like, I don't see them for a while. Like, it sucks. And I, that's, but I get, I feel the pressure for sure. And maybe that's, that's not necessarily just the male friends thing. I think that's just all friends. But I just feel like I need to be there for my friends. So I always prioritize my friends before. Yeah. My friends are number one as well. Yeah. Um, but that, again, like, my conception of friends includes a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. And therefore, yeah. I used to have a big conflict about that, actually. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, when I was like going through high school and stuff, I thought that there was, I, I did believe that there was a split mm-hmm. and that I had to prioritize one or the other and I couldn't do both. Mm-hmm. And that once you had a romantic partner, you were gone from your friend group kind of thing. Yeah. And I experienced that with one of my close friends. He had the, fr- he was the first person to get into a longstanding relationship mm-hmm. in our group. And that was the biggest, one of the biggest things is like, we, we, you know, we didn't see, we, either we didn't see him or his partner was hanging out with us mm-hmm. rather than her group of friends. And that was like a constant issue for, you know, like a reason to, to razz him or to like, like it was, it was, it was contentious. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and then I thought, oh, so you can't have both. I got really stressed about it. Yeah. But it's not, it, your friend, you should be friends with your partner well it's also what i said on the last episode is it's not that i think that um you should never ever prioritize your romantic partner or you should never prioritize your friends it's just that at different points in your life you're gonna have to put different things first if you need to yeah or you're just gonna have to find that balance within yourself i think for women the problem is, is the default is you once you get a romantic partner you have to put all of your attention there or it's just like the default for it should be the most important thing to you. Yeah, I think that the the narrative is that you don't have value. Yes. If you are not, we I don't need to find one somewhere. But like, if you are not valued romantically by a man, which is obviously problematic for a whole host of reasons. But yeah. I think that that is part of the issue. Is that it's not just that oh, you're not dividing your time equally. It's that if you don't have a romantic relationship, you are not as much of a, a you're person. Not, yeah, as much of, of a person. I don't know if in the media or in our society men are given that same narrative, but I wonder if it's a little bit flipped, whereas women so much is placed on sort of that kind of like long-term relationship, oh, yeah. like romantic side. But for men, there's a lot of pressure, I think, on the like, the, the like just sexual side like even I think the bros over hoes yeah whatever like mentality yeah. mantra is not so much like oh I got I, I have having too much fun with my friends to get a girlfriend I think it's more like fucking bitches and then moving on I'm not one of those people that's like I get pretty uncomfortable by like I don't know one night stands like they just seem 
awkward to me. Like, For I, you, yeah. Yeah, like, it's just not my thing personally because that's just not how I um, interact with people. But, mm. um, but like, but um, I think that the, the media and, like, the way that it presents it, it's, like, a lot of guys in movies are, or, like, you know, or guy, guy relationships, it's always talking about getting laid or going out and meeting girls or, like, you know, or a night on the town, like, and you go and you watch it, even, like, rom-coms, and it's, like, the guys are always, like, let's go out and get, you know, laid or whatever, right? Like, so it's, like, very much, like, that becomes the narrative and the drive for these male characters a lot of the time, and then you get these people um, who are, like, that becomes their driving narrative as well. Oh, let's go out and get fucked up and, you know, get laid. And then it's, like, they're not looking for relationships or stable relationships. They're looking for, like, you know, just to have sex. Yeah, and, well, I don't think, and, like, I, I, I don't think anyone needs to, like, be in a relationship. But I do think that there's, like, kind of a counterculture, like, pressure, right? That's what I mean, yeah. Women have to be in a relationship, and men have to not want to be in a relationship, and those are the rules we're given, right? Like, men, it's supposed to just be, like, you're not supposed to want to settle down and, like, want to have, like, that fucking Netflix movie, Swiped, Swiped. that just came out. The whole concept of that is that they develop an app because all of these boys in college are... (laughs) Like, it's very poorly written, so, it like, there are literal written. lines where it's, like, we don't have time to learn girls' names, <laughs> so they want an app so they can just hook up with girls where, like, they literally don't have to speak to them. Um, and the concept is that wow. you, if you're a girl, you sign the contract yeah, that says you're the not app gonna... that says you're not going to do whatever. And it's, one, like, it's super heteronormative. It just leaves out yes. an entire yes. narrative where, like, people are in same-sex relationships yes. and using apps. Second of all, it's also, like hella sexist and hella disgusting yeah but that i think it's pretty bad <laughs> yeah well i don't think there's anything wrong if you just want to go out and have sex live your best life it's just about i think the cultural pressure to be yes. one thing or the other exactly. that's what i mean exactly. i mean like a lot of like guys like it's mostly just like they're talking about because that's the pressure versus yeah. like and that's what you see in the media versus like i don't know have very many friends who just are sitting down and talking about like you know going out and start having a nice long relationship yeah. they're like going out and like Let's go and find some girlfriends, boys. You know yeah. that's not a that's not a narrative you get. Yeah. It's like I'm, a line you get. I'm thinking about like the conversations I would have with friends, and this is in high school when relationships became a question. I remember how difficult it was to talk about that topic. Like, I remember this this happened with um, one of my close friends who he's not the most talkative person anyway. He, he's got you know he's got a lot of normative masculine uh ideas that he he does and you know not to say that's toxic like he's not that bad but in high school there there was these times where like you know we were and this is what we did we would play video games all night mm-hmm. barely talk talk about a movie yeah you know like you like oh you see transformers 8 or whatever that <laughs> was on i don't know and that was the safest thing to talk about but you know, we get get late into the night, and then there's like an hour or so where you're allowed to talk about deep things. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. but after that, yeah, you can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. And and he'd be like, "So, have you ever seen Mutant Naked or something like that?" <laughs> <laughs> getting <laughs> um, deep, guys. Getting deep. Yeah, or or stuff not just about other people, but just about sex in general, yeah. about like you know, like your body and and things like that. And it's like, it was so difficult. Yeah, just to stay on the topic mm-hmm. just to talk about it and to feel like you could talk about it and it was never when there was more than 
Ew. Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because more than two become a joke, and you start laughing and joking about yeah. it, and not talk about it. Well, I was, yeah, I was telling Sophia this the other day too. Like, I remember like being in like elementary school, middle middle school, and you have a friend over, and it gets late night, and then you just like, well, wouldn't it be funny if we like watch some porn? <laughs> oh my god! You know? Hilarious. This you know never yeah. happened to me. My favorite. Part I know, of but that's what yeah. I was saying. That's <laughs> it happens, yeah. And then you're like sitting there with your your buddy, and you're like watching porn because you've never that's seen porn before, and you're like you're like wild, but also you're like self <laughs> pretending like so. you're like I don't know. It's just like it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing. So, I just finished two years at this middle school. It was very social justice and about equality and all this stuff that I just you know learned about, and then I moved to Australia. I moved to Melbourne. I moved to a suburb of Melbourne that was as about as. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't even. I don't know Winnipeg. Winnipeg. I can't talk about Winnipeg. This is Australia, so already there's a lot of regressive uh, yeah. ideas floating around, uh, much more prominently than you find here. But yeah. it was a, it was a raccoons. suburban. Kangaroos was, is what I meant. Please continue. So yeah, right. we have raccoons. They have six foot tall boxing champions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, the high school. 2,000 kids, a suburb. The friends I made there were... Um, it was like John Hughes on crack. Mm. It was like those kind of stereotypes. Oh, my God. And, like, yeah, there was this one guy who was like, oh, I want to come over and play Dragon Ball Z, like, beat him up game? Here, look at all this porn I have. <laughs> oh, my and I was just like, what? And the other guy was like, okay, you want to play Nazi zombie killer, like, Call of Duty all night? And then talk about why girls are the worst and they hate me and we should, you know, we should never talk to girls? And I was like, oh my god, I don't know how to <laughs> breach any of the issues that I just learned about in Canada here with yeah. you guys. You, like, who are, sit them down, you have yeah. a PowerPoint, you're like, oh. okay, we're gonna learn today. Here's the thing, though, they were older than me, too. So I was yeah. like, like, I was, they didn't know, half of them thought my name was Canada. But, <laughs> but like I, it's like no, that. Everyone in Canada is named Canada, right? <laughs> and we ride polar bears. Yeah. Yeah. They, how, there was this kid in geography class who thought Canada was a state of America. Anyway, yes, absolutely. Oh apart God. from the tangents I could go on about there, there was just concentrated male narrative of, of like the most toxic of masculinity, and yeah. that compared to my friendships here, like. Mm-hmm. Here is it's it's not so bad compared to that place, and I'm not saying not here, but like my experience here. Even in Canada, though, some of the and like yeah, I, I know some like this is a disclaimer. I know some lovely older people and older men as well, but a lot of the older men I work with are just like awful as well. Like some of the things that they say is like, God, like it's you don't realize that these people exist, and then you're like, holy cow, like you don't know how to I approach mean, you it. Do. Because you have to walk down the street. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Is that you? Because we have to walk down the street in <laughs> so, the day. Yeah, yeah. You know a little yeah, bit. things yeah. like, uh, won't even go there, but not Yeah, but like, but, but exactly. But like, that's the thing is like, but I, you know, I, I know it exists, but yeah. like seeing it yeah. firsthand, yes. like, because normally you see like behind closed doors, like you see guys being guys in movies and you're like, wow, that's pretty vulgar, but like, mm-hmm. you know what? And this is, and then you see it up close, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know how to approach this." And you're like stuck in a car with an older man as you're driving me somewhere, and you're like, "Ah, oh, you shouldn't be saying that about that." Or when I, I when I work landscaping, I'm just like, ah, "Yeah, five, it's, five yeah. guys doing saying horrible things, yeah. smoking weed." <laughs> and I was 15. This is the, my first job, basically summer job, and 
basically the way it went in the car was there was like four other guys and you'd be driving around to different sites around the city to do work and on the drive basically they'd be all be chatting and talking about you know stuff and they'd see usually a woman and they'd comment on them sometimes somebody else and they'd comment but if it was a woman they'd be basically talking about their body or something else and um, occasionally they would catcall and it was basically every single time between jobs all day every day five days a week and there was yeah um, and there was one um, one co-worker I had and he he was he was like he was he was a more mild-mannered and and I really enjoyed working with him he wasn't as kind of vulgar and out there as the other guys um, but he would participate in that um, in the cat calling occasionally you know kind of throw like oh look at that person look at that person and um there was one time where it was just me and him on a job and we were driving and he was talking about his experience at the workplace and how hard it was for him and he told me something and he's like i haven't told anyone else this but but i'm trans um mm. i've already transitioned um and that's something that no one actively talks about or like even knows if i haven't told them um, and he, and, 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 you know, like I, I was just like, oh, okay, well, thank you for telling me. And like, I, I didn't really know how to, how to like respond yeah. or like have a conversation about it, but it was interesting because he would participate in these things and, and I, I, I didn't know how to gauge that when he would, you know, do that and then talk about how uncomfortable he was with the situation. I saw then kind of the pressure in those situations where you have to fit in with that group yeah. otherwise it was dangerous for you and for certain people even more dangerous um and there was the, and i'll admit there was one time where i did i pointed someone out um someone who was like oh like look at that person and i didn't, I didn't say something as vulgar as they would but and he was like did you just point that person out and i didn't know what to do because it seemed like they were like that's not okay mm-hmm. it's acceptable to do that unless someone else tells you that they're uncomfortable and then I realized oh it's not acceptable they're just they're, they're, they're doing it and other people don't like this and I'm right not to feel comfortable with this until, until that happened I wasn't aware of it mm-hmm. so. well I always say that men don't catcall women because they're interested in them men catcall women for two reasons one of them is so that that woman knows that she has no space in this world and that she knows that she is small. And the second reason is to assert their power with other men. Yeah. That was it, happening all the time. Yeah, it has nothing to do, and I have said that to men who have catcalled me when I feel safe enough. There are certain times where you're like, nope, I could be murdered on Young Street, but there are certain times where I'm like, you know what? I'll give a, I'll give a lady bark. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. bark back. And I, one time I turned around and I said, do you want my number? Mm. And like he said, whoa, 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 whoa. And I was like, do you want it? Is that what you want from me? Do you want to go fuck in an alley? Yeah, really. And he was like, he was like, well, you don't have to be such a bitch. Like, you don't have to be so forward. And I was like, okay. Now I was like, if you, I was like, yeah, I was like, okay. I was like, so you don't want anything from me. Yeah. And then I walked away. But like, yeah. you can't do that every time. You just can't. No. This guy was younger than me. I could yeah. tell. I was like, okay, like, I'm not going to get murdered here. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you can't do that every time. But I do absolutely think it's about 
um, asserting your power with other men. I also think for a trans man that has to be incredibly difficult because you uh, are trying to not be found out, Mm -hmm. right? You're trying to sort of pass as much as possible so Mm -hmm. you don't, and that's not afforded to every trans man. It's not. Well, like human beings are pack animals, right? Yeah. Like it is instinct to gel with the pack, Mm -hmm. not to go against the pack. I mean, historically, the most vocal oppressors of other women are of women are other women. Like, yeah, lots of times the horrible or unjust laws are created by men, but enforced by other women. Yeah, you know. Things like uh, pregnancy out of wedlock, right? There was a yeah. lot of really terrible rules, laws that surrounded that. Like, you're not allowed to let those women live anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can't, if you accept them into your home, you get fined and you can go to jail. And lots of times men would break that rule. They would be like, all right, well, this fucking 16-year-old girl's pregnant and I should sleep on the goddamn floor. Like, it's fine. And women, nah. They were like, go die in a goddamn field. And they did. Mm-hmm. And you're like, really? Like, you have no sympathy for her whatsoever? But it's it's this feeling of, like, I I have to stick with the pack. Like, I have more to lose here. Like, I can't be associated with you. Yeah. Well, that's, that's one of the other things I, I say. And, like, I, not every man is in this position. But I always say, like, men listen to other men more than they listen to women. That's something I've experienced firsthand. So, like, it is a higher risk for me to say something. Yes. Right, so when your risk is low and when you can, that's when you. But not every man is always in that position, and I yeah. get that. But it, it is that idea of like I. It's a higher risk for me, and that doesn't mean like I think we've moved from letting women. I mean, I have moved from letting women die in fields because they're yeah. pregnant. Yeah. As a person. As a person, but you know, yeah. A great statistic to bring up is that the majority of white women voted for Trump. Yeah. Right? Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially, especially white women. White women have have a huge history of being the world's oppressors of other women of color, for sure. I I think the functioning of a patriarchy is to turn those groups, like, in on themselves, Mm -hmm. and to divide them, and and, and in that way, you have, like, those women oppressing other women, and in that way, you have men holding other men to their sexism, keeping Mm -hmm. them, keeping them in line to do their, the, the deed of oppression, yeah. And keeping them like, you know, that in that pack so that they can op- propagate. Yeah. And like, fortunately, like, I am seeing like change. Like, I think, like, growing up, uh, like I said, like, I was lucky and I went to pretty, like, I went to alternative schools and they were very small and they were very accepting. And I had lots of, like, girlfriends growing up, like, friends were girls just as much as I had, like, guy friends growing up as well. Right. And I kind of ran in both crowds. But, like, you don't get that with everyone. But the people that I have met who are, like other uh guys who maybe just had guy friends all growing up like they're not like that you know like you do have these guys who are like we'll talk about some things and kind of razz you sometimes but they are soft and they are respectful like you know like they might like comment on a girl walking by but they're not gonna cat call them they're not gonna they're gonna say like wow look at that smoke show you know just they're not saying anything super vulgar they're just saying like damn she's like really pretty or damn she's really attractive or really it's kind of a foundation for Yes. Step. Yeah, it's like it's it's not like I mean, I, I think don't know if that's totally fair because it's not like we've never stood around and been like that's a cute boy. 
That's what I mean. Like, I think it's like, I think it's kind of on the same level as like being like, hey, he's really cute, or hey, he's pretty hot. But there's a difference between like being like, that's a cute person, and being like, yes, yo, bitch, yo, bitch with the nice hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My experience, in my experience, is that like the baseline of the talking about those people is not too far away from what they would say to them in a catcall. See, I've never actually seen anyone like that I've been with catcall which is surprising because some of the people that I have, like, had to ride with in my, like, work or whatever, or working with people, like, it's some of the things that they say are, like, pretty horrible, but, like, I've, I've never actually witnessed a... I've witnessed other people get catcalled, but I've never seen, like, somebody I'm with... Which doesn't mean that they've never catcalled. No, I'm not saying that at all. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's... I... Yeah, like, I, I, I hope also, it's getting better is what I'm saying. I also think there's a power imbalance. Like, I think the difference is when we say, oh, there's a cute boy, we don't have as much power in society as maybe men do when they're... And I'm not saying that it, it, it is... Like, I, I think you can look at someone and be like, oh, that's an attractive yeah. person and mention it to your friends. But I do think that there is already a framework in place for men to take that to an aggressive level, whereas we don't necessarily have that framework in the same way, which doesn't mean that women don't do awful things, like approach guys, whatever, but there's a power imbalance. I think the objectification behind it has a bit more uh, weight to it than I think the, the females saying it. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I like think when it just depends it. on the objectification. Well, and the context yeah. like, well. I just yeah. think of course. you have to be able to recognize when someone is attractive. Like, yeah. What? But, like, I think there's a difference. There's, it's like you said, right? When someone is catcalling, it has nothing to do with attraction. No, it has nothing not. to do with wanting to get no. their number. It no. has to do with a lot of other things. Yeah. I think they, that's not really the same as turning to your friend and no. being like, she cute. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, sure. Like, that, what, that is not, that's not putting negativity out. Mm-hmm. Now, do I think that, you know, like some... Okay, so like, I work... I work in a booth sometimes, and I last summer I had to work with this guy, oh. and he would like we're we're on a busy street in the middle of downtown, and girls walk by, and he just like dissects them. That is different to me. That is not the same as being like, oh, what a what a pretty girl that just walked by. He would be like, yo, check out her boobs. And then I'd be like, who the fuck are you talking to right now? <laughs> oh, yeah, to me. To me. He turns to me and is like, yo, check out her boobs. And, like, that's, like, one thing, right? But, like, he doesn't stop. He keeps going and he talks about, you know, how high-waisted jeans are, like, a trick to make girls' butts look nicer and how, uh, I don't, like, it... Yeah, my whole life is a trick. Like, <laughs> it, it, he just, like, and, and he... He like to do this thing, like, sometimes it's it's just, like, comical because it's so cliche. Like, he, like, tries to guess women's weight. Oh, my that God. That was a big thing for me. He'd be like, yo, how much do you weigh? Oh. And I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I actually don't know. And he'd be like, I think you weigh blah, 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 oh, blah. Oh, that's blah. horrible. And then no. I'd be like, I don't understand why you care. Like, why? Did, and he'd be like, I think she weighs... I think, and, like, again, to me, like, yeah, he's not yelling it out at them, but you're right. Like, that's a foundation for, like, so many things. a terrible conception of another person. And that's the difference between how a lot of my experience in how men, like, to each other talk about people who are attractive. Yeah, interesting, yeah. That is the difference. It's not just, like, hey, they're hot. It is that. Yeah, and to All me, the there's, time. A, there is a, like, there is a difference between those two conversations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, so since we're talking about masculinity, um, 
how do you relate to masculinity personally? Or what does it mean to you? Or like, do you see yourself as like masculine? I, I did air quotes if you didn't see it because mm-hmm. this is an audio medium. <laughs> We're all just air quoting. It, <laughs> masculinity. Like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think I particularly see myself as like super masculine. I think I'm a pretty average dinky guy. I don't know what. Let's unpack that. Callum's got the worst. Yeah, like I mean, like I think like I would be considered like pretty meek in the terms of like the guy guy. And that's not masculine. Yeah. No, and that's what I mean. Yeah. No, Uh, because anything that's slightly close to femininity. But personally, I think masculinity comes in the confidence that you have. I think it's like Mm -hmm. it's if you're. not like this is like male masculinity i think it it always just comes with confidence you know you can have the it's not necessarily about who is the (laughs) yeah but it is it's like that's it's a bde thing it's like it's like how do you carry yourself and that's what masculine thank you cal masculine i keep kicking the mic stand or putting my foot on the mic stand i'm like the worst at fiddling i really thought you were just gonna play footsie no i mean we do that masculinity (laughs) think about masculinity like when you're when you're walking with your friend and you accidentally graze hands i'll like grab their hand and just like Aww. yeah because i know they're like we're married now yeah and they're kind of like what are you and it's like don't worry about it or like or like or like we'll be like you know we'll be like hanging out at the table like and i'll be sitting across from chris and we'll accidentally like, like you accidentally bump feet with someone you just kind of yeah. lean into it and like stroke them you know it's weird but it's like fun i'm it's fun to mess people too but like but uh, like but like aspects of masculinity and and that's a that's a common like what is it portrayed as confidence mm-hmm. is attached to yeah like I think like uh, yeah it's like but yeah it's like that BDE like it's like it's how you carry yourself right and how you you know if oh. you if you go into one of those situations like where you're in where you're in like a car with somebody who's making you uncomfortable and you don't say anything then you're not the most masculine one in the car right whereas like if you actually call them out and say something about it then I would say that you are because you're kind of it's like it's this you, is the weird like dominance assertion or BDE right like it's like it's like that's the masculinity kind of like in a group of people like it's weird because I don't think I don't know, masculinity is so fragile anyway like it's so I don't think stupid. it's fragile I think it's such a linguistic thing it's yeah. not yeah. rooted in anything physical or it's it, like a, you know a construct is something is, is a construct because it's so yeah uh Constructed. Yes, but not material. Yeah. No, it is yeah. a fabrication of an idea. Which not, is not to say that it's not powerful or real. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's not. And it, but that's technically like, isn't and attached. And that's what I'm to trying to say is like I'm not really I don't really think about masculinity so much unless I'm in one of those situations where it's like these are the the like guys uh, who are trying to be like the alpha males or the the like you know the super masculine dudes by just commenting on you know doing like doing guy things all the guy things all the time quote, air quotes, air quotes yeah. Yeah, yeah but like so, you know what i mean like it's like i don't think about like i don't go out think about cal cal, cal being like particularly masculine or feminine or anything like that like there's not how i think about people like i don't go that guy's masculine they're like you know but i think that there are certain attachments to and like you can correct me if i'm wrong 100 percent. but like from like what you were saying i think there is this heuristic that we have in our head where it's like when we say masculine we think assertive and confidence that's like a heuristic that we've made where Mm -hmm. we're like this is automatically what i associate that with even though that's not necessarily like it i i think that feminine and masculine they're just descriptive words yeah they're just qualitative 
words. Mm -hmm. So to me, I do think that is what masculine means. My only issue is that I don't think that masculinity or femininity are attached to gender. gender. No. Yes. Yes. Or that they should sure. be qualities that are, that are attached to um, morals is not the right word. Uh, values. I just think that once you start to acknowledge the non-binary and the non like the, the existence of things other than the binary mm -hmm. in which masculine and femininity have traditionally been built that you start like it undermines everything that masculine masculinity and femininity are attached to and then they start to become very like like you like because like something that you say is masculine someone else can now not can now can can believe is not can believe is feminine or not yeah. or neither um you know, because like yeah. when you start getting to like physical things that people say are masculine and feminine, you get into like this very, like I think the transphobic background. That's, I don't think that's, I agree because like, I think that you're still connecting it to gender. But I think because it, it the foundation of those words are connected to gender. I think that. But but the fact yeah but I okay yeah but me, I just don't think they have to be. For but me, that's, the foundations are like, um, like. Females are, or not like femininity is being like sensitive, whereas masculinity is being like, I don't give a fuck. So that's like, that's where I see them coming from because, like, I see a lot of the guys, like the masculine guys, are like, I don't give a fuck what this guy says, or I don't give a fuck, or whatever. Whereas, like, if you're more in tune with your emotions or more sensitive, but that's changed like, in throughout history and in different places, well, like, it, it's it's so different in different well, places. Yeah. That's the other thing, it's different in different places, and that's why this is so, so like in Testosterone Rex, which we talked a lot about in our gender and sexuality episode, but I'm going to talk about it again because it's an incredible book. The, those words, masculine and feminine, they came out of scientific studies that were meant to designate binary genders. They were meant to ascribe um, behavioral and physical traits to each gender. That's how those words sort of came up, in science at least. And like, so I think, and words change. They change meaning yeah, throughout time. Yeah, why can't they evolve? But they can evolve, and, and which is why I'm saying that like, having the words mean whatever is now the choice of the person who decides that they are that. You know, like I like someone who's someone someone who's like, I believe that masculinity is these things and I'm going to embody these things because I want to be that. Yeah. And they they are they can be entirely different from what someone else believes. Like the the societal agreement on what masculinity and femininity femininity is is based on that binary. Yeah. I totally get that in terms of identity and gender, but I just think that like also words have to have meaning or what or how do we communicate with one another. Like I think a big issue with communication in general is that we just say words and then assume that everybody knows what we mean and then actually we all mean different things. Like. There has to be some, like, words have to mean something. Language, language always means something to, yeah, and, and that's the, that's why miscommunication is always going to happen, mm -hmm. you know, unless you have, um, immutable meaning, definition, you know, like, you right. cannot change, right. like, the dictionary is that, and you'll never be able to change the meaning of a word, sure. but it's just not how it works, yes. and, um, I guess, and, and eventually, you know, when things start to shift, it takes a while to come around again to another societal agreement of what someone yeah, means. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, for, I definitely think there's a lot of things that are in shift right now. Well, I think it's, yeah, that's one. I think it's shifting and the line is starting to blur for sure. But I'm just saying, like, at the same time, it can't just be like, 
I'll say a word and it will mean something that I totally made up and nobody else will know what that means. Like, there is, there has to be some kind of cultural understanding of, of what you are saying or how does language function. Right. I mean, I'm just imagining someone who's like, I am going to be feminine today and that means I'm going to be really confident. Yeah, like we're trying to progressively change what the terms mean because I think we're very, very still like, as much as we like to think that we're going the opposite way we're still kind of locked into these ideas of feminine and masculine instead of just being like today I'm like instead of being like I'm being feminine and that's confidence I think it's just be I'm just being confident today you know what I mean or I'm just like, right gendering yeah, confidence yeah, yeah, yeah. is weird like it's, yeah it's, it is weird yeah but it's I think the, that they're still associated with feminine has to be associated with a gender like I understand that it is what, associated with a gender yeah. but I think ultimately there are feminine qualities I don't think that those feminine qualities have to be expressed by people who identify as women. I just of course. Mean, oh, yeah. Or, yeah. like, there are masculine qualities. And I don't think those masculine qualities have to be expressed by people who identify as male. And I think that there are feminine qualities, and they're often considered to be lesser, but I don't think that they are. No. And there no. are masculine qualities that are always seen as superior, and I don't think that they are. I think... We're just describing different qualities. I, I think what I was yeah. trying to say before um, is, like, I, I don't disagree at all with that, but I think that um, you're looking at, so, like, the way that the labor, uh, the sexual division of labor occurs, and, like, one of the things that holds that up is the idea, and I'm not saying that these qualities are inherently bad, but, like, women get paid less for jobs because they're associated with things that we consider to be biologically feminine, mm-hmm. and those things are nurturing and empathy. Those are the words that are usually used in, as controls when mm-hmm. you're studying this. And the idea is that you are being paid less for those jobs because they're natural to you. So those jobs are, they're called pink jobs, which sure. is like teaching, nursing, and yeah. then like men often are paid more for jobs. Like they'll be paid more as teachers because it's seen as not coming naturally to them. That's how the sexual mm-hmm. sexual division of labor had sort of um, evolved over time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think the, because the way that society works, we still haven't moved away from that in labor. Like women still get paid less. Yeah. And like yeah. jobs that are, there's also the feminization of labor, which is like, where when women started moving into teaching jobs, those became lower paying jobs for everybody. So because those qualities are so tied to something that still so tangibly affects people by gender, I think it becomes harder to separate. And I'm not saying that you can't or that it's wrong to or that people can't have feminine and masculine qualities or that feminine qualities are inherently bad, but because we're still tied up in a system that actively uses those things to devalue women in such a tangible way, i.e. labor and wages, it becomes harder to separate it in conversation. Does that make sense? I don't know if it makes sense. It makes sense, but I just don't understand why we can't take that back the way that we take back other words. Yeah. Or, like, I think we also have. Like, there's that whole campaign where it's, like, let boys be feminine, right? Yeah. Like, there's all of the, like... And, like, some of it is excessive and capitalism and blah, 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 blah. Everything doesn't have to have a merch slogan. Yeah. But all of the, like, you know, like, 
femme is powerful or blah. Like, I think there is a movement that is happening right now. There is a shift, right? A, a changing where, like, we're sort of, like, like taking back those words. We're, we're distancing them from being so attached to, like, some kind of, you know, arbitrary biological gender and also some kind of arbitrary hierarchy of value. And, like, we're repurposing them. And I agree with that. I think we are very do- we are very much doing that in a socio-cultural realm, but I think the gender pay gap is getting worse for a lot of people. It's not getting better. And I think that the feminization of labor, especially in teaching and nursing jobs, um, especially outside, once you move outside of North America, it becomes much, much more stark. And so until we sort of tack that, those words are always going to have those meanings when you enter certain spaces. And in the evolution of language, I think, in, in, in which is what a lot of reclaiming is, um, I think that because the space that a language exists in affects it, these, it's, I mean, because masculinity and femininity are just qualitative terms. They yeah, have, sure. they are yes. like, at, like, that's the category that they're in. But when they, you know, because of the space that they exist in, they, they are supported and support that binary and that and those issues that come along with that and so which is why I think the evolution of it needs to be taken so far semantically to where it becomes something that like the the qualitative categories that they represent become less um, become less uh, binary. divided binary yeah. Yeah, right. I also don't understand why we can't just say assertive or empathetic like why do we have to say feminine or masculine that's what I was saying like and why are these because yeah. I like words. Right. We have different words to describe lots of different things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's lots of words that mean the same yeah, thing. It's absolutely. just a different way of describing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I just think, like, you're right. The space that language exists in shapes the language. But also, language shapes space. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a bit like chicken before the egg. Sure. And, like, yeah, like, roles have been defined. But I just don't understand why those two issues are separate. Like, why changing the language is not going to help us part of the problem is like not being able to articulate things not being able to articulate the the problems that you are facing your experiences like working on language can be empowering and i think it can help change the role so why just why give these things so much power to be like well we can't use them because they're too attached to this thing we'll never be able to take them back the way that they're they they play in space and the way that they have is so it's still tied to these systems, and we haven't, you know, come to a point where they are comfortably, you know, separated. So, yeah, what's the process good. of breaking the system then to get these words to like, you know, how do you get there, right? That's what I'm wondering. Is well, like, I think that's kind of what Sophia's saying is that you change the meaning of the word, and that's how I you get there. I think it's a lot of like any kind of social change, it's like a lot of constantly trying to counter the narratives that you have inherited it's very easy to sit around and like be academic about things and be like yes as a overly educated human i can pontificate that this means nothing but like then you exist in real life and you're like yeah i'm not gonna wear that because i'm not a girl you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be associated with feminine things because I don't want people to then associate me with feminine traits, which are then seen as being inferior. Or no one's going to take me seriously. Mm. Or no one's going to think I'm very strong or very smart or whatever. 
And I think going back to masculinity too, like it's interesting because like there are certain things where you're like, oh, that's not something that I can do because I'm a guy, right? It's like fashion, for example, or like caring how I looked and dressed, right? Like I just would before, like a year or two ago, I would just wear kind of whatever, a lot of graphic tees, a lot of like traditional, like, you know, like baggy shorts. Like I, I just didn't really like, I would just wear stuff that was considered like traditional guy clothes and that were just like pretty average mm -hmm. and then I was like oh okay like uh, what was I watched Queer Eye and these guys are just like they, which is like which is like crazy but like it's such a gr amazing show and it was really like I love that show because it, and it's really important to me because it was kind of like oh like you can do these things and celebrate these things and still be you know masculine still be you know a man I mean that partially comes from just like getting older too and, and just changing as well but like I think that was the first time we're like oh I can you know dress nicely or, try, or care about how I look and not be feminine right like I think like or, or like or not not be different or not be I, weird or I, I think fashion is a great point tying into the individualization of this because for me something that I've always been interested in and I think this goes way back but something I've always been interested in fashion is skirts and I, and I haven't like I don't have any skirts, but I'm always like I'd like to wear one of those. They look very comfortable. Yeah. Um. That would be something that I'd like to wear, and and then I question why is that a feminine or a, or a, something that is ascribed yeah. to be feminine? Why? Like Guys, like, like yeah. why can't I wear it? Like do do I have to wear it? And then I'm like I'm wearing something feminine, or am I just wearing a piece of cloth that is now being ascribed feminine or masculine? Guys in general are taught that they're not supposed to care what they look like. So, like, I remember growing up, like, you know, I, I like my hair, and I like, you know, I like my hair a certain way, and I get anxious or uncomfortable when it looks a certain way because I like to look nice, and, like, I, and, but I can't, you know, like, I can't, I feel like yeah. I can't say that, or, like, I'm not supposed to care what my hair looks like or how it works, or I'm not supposed to care what I'm wearing or how I look like. That's just sort of how we're trained is, like, you're not supposed to, like, you know, and, and then you, you, you know, you get... As you get older, I think it kind of stops becoming a thing, and then it becomes more important how you dress because then you're supposed to be wearing like suits, and you're supposed to start looking mm -hmm. like, you know, men all of a sudden. <laughs> but, but no, but it's but you know what I mean? Like it's like yes. I think that there's this weird. Uh, anyway, yeah. Well, or I think men are allowed to care about the way that they look in very specific ways, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to the gym and you're drinking a power shake and like eating some raw eggs or something. Like people are like, <laughs> yeah, you go, man, you go. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Polly D. But like, um, I you're not supposed to again like, uh, air quote, feminine <laughs> kind of aesthetics. Air quotes all day. Yeah, air quotes all day, every day. That's just, the name. Just of this. assume they're happening all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Air is air quotes. Yeah. Um, but like things like clothing, I think specifically is always seen as being very like a feminine air like aesthetic, a mm. feminine aesthetic. Mm -hmm. So it's like, no, you can't. And it is weird. Like, ugh, it is so weird how we attach gender to, like, inanimate things like color or clothing. Like, and I've had this argument with my mom before, and it's not really an argument because, like, as I've said, like, my mom is very good at, she'll say a thing and you're like, well, actually, that's problematic. And then she'll be like, you know what? <laughs> you're right. <laughs> And that, I'm like, yeah, I, that's all of us, you know? Yeah. As I said, we've all just internalized 
the narratives that we're fed. And yeah. so we don't even think about it half the time until someone's like, um, you know that you just said that? And you're like, holy shit, like, yeah. I did. Like, there's, I don't, I don't know if anyone knows Noel Fielding. You do, actually. I do, yeah. He's Noel great. Fielding. He's, uh, He's old Greg, right? Oh, yeah. I'm Mighty Boosh. Yeah. Mighty Boosh. Yeah. He's just like a British comedian, man. Uh, but he is very eccentric with his, with his fashion. And, like, sometimes he wears, like, dresses or whatever. <laughs> and um, I remember, um, and they're actually, like, not very feminine dresses. Um, but, like, just, like, because you're, like, skirts are mm-hmm. automatically feminine. But then it's weird how, you know, we can play with that. In our separate culture. Issue. Yeah. In our culture. Uh, but, like, I was watching him, and my mom walks in, and she went, that man is wearing a dress. <laughs> oh, my God. And I was, like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm wearing pants. What's your point? And she was like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Carry me on. <laughs> Which is true. Like, I am. A, there was a period of time where, like, women, it was like, you cannot wear a pant, woman. Mm-hmm. And, and then now we can, and that seems ridiculous, but men can't wear skirts. Which would be so nice on the day. And, like, you know, as with everything else, like, fashion evolves. Like, men used to wear tunics. Like, men used to wear, which is, like, not exactly a skirt, but it is, like, a Fashion is so variable all over the place. So, so, yeah. Like, like, culture is so varied. Tunics seems like it'd be too heavy. Like, just, just, it just seems too warm. Okay. Um, Do you have a memory of the first time you realized that friendships between um, the women in your life were different than the friendship that you had with other men? Or uh, what do you think the biggest difference between male and female friendships are? Or... Is there a difference? It's a lot to unpack there. It's a big question. Yeah, it's like six questions in one. Uh, first part, I to answer. I didn't ever really realize a difference uh, or notice a difference. Mm-hmm. I think like when I was younger, the the genders just intermingled so frequently, and like I would mm-hmm. go from I went from hanging out with a group of like four girls to hanging out with like two guys, you know. So like, but there didn't really seem like a difference in the way that we all hung out or did things. I I think the guys there was a lot more sports video games whereas the girls there was a lot more I don't remember what it is like it was it was just I was young right but I didn't really notice that there was an actual like change or didn't feel like there's a big change of like oh I'm hanging out with girls versus oh I'm hanging out with guys now it's like even when we played sports there'd be like girls playing soccer with us or girls playing whatever right so it's like it was just kind of like whatever um for me I think it was middle school and the onset of puberty when cliques really really hit home yeah and it became a societal topic if you were hanging out with someone of a different gender yeah um and then that's the first part of the question i can't remember i think for like care like just take into account was saying too like i think like crushes were always a big factor like i think like whenever i was hanging out with girls like or guys like there would always be like that like oh I have a crush on this person I have a crush on this person and I mean that's just like the way I function too like if I'm friends with someone for long enough and like yeah like I don't know I just like sometimes I'll just be like oh I like that person like yeah that's somebody I really like or um you know like I, I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where I like haven't been friends with the person first like a serious relationship so mm-hmm. I think that like that's just always been a thing that's been the major difference as a straight male is like just that that was the only noticeable difference is that sometimes I might like have a crush on someone in the group versus like hanging out with two guys that wouldn't really think 
I realized in high school that guy friends weren't talking to each other the way that I was talking to my uh, female friends. Like me and Sophia sit around and talk about yes, her talk about literally like we don't we're not doing anything. We're just sitting around like on the literally lying on the floor, just like talking about literally everything. And it was in high school when I realized, oh, some of my male friends who have friendships with each other aren't doing that. Yeah, I think for me personally, like, all of my relationships cover different bases. You know, one group just kind of likes memes and just send each other memes all the time, and then we just kind of hang out and shoot the shit. And, like, it's like the other group is very, like, we talk about Mm -hmm. our lives and our feelings all the time. We're like, where we want to go or, like, introspective things or whatever, right? So, like, but I noticed that gender-wise, that doesn't really affect it. It's just sort of every relationship in my life, which I guess is relatable to everyone, is that other relationship's different. I think in high school was also, whichever class it was, whichever teacher it was, we were reading Lord of the Flies again. (laughs) Motherfucking book. And that part, oh, my history with that book is... mm. And anyways, um, so, so we finished reading that, and someone brought up the point what would that have been like if it would have been an all-girls school who had crash-landed on the island? Yeah. And someone was like, I don't think anything, any of that would have happened. Like, it wouldn't have played out that way in the book. And I don't want to go into the plot of the book. For people who haven't read it, just, just you don't have to read it. Sad, it's, I don't small know. Small boys stranded on an island. <laughs> stabbed each other with spears. Uh, but that, that comment got me thinking about it. Mm-hmm. That comment made me realize... Uh, yeah, yeah. All these groups of guys are very much... I was like, oh my god, we're all going to kill each other eventually. <laughs> and all these groups of girls are like, they're going to survive. <laughs> or something. Like, like they, they have each other, we don't have each other. Oh, that's interesting. That was the feeling that I got. And I, and because, I, no, I had male friends who were very close. And I always uh, felt very protective of my friends. And very, very close and, you know... Especially, like, my guy friends know less than anyone else, but I saw it as a larger thing. Yeah. I saw the difference. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, so what percentage of your guy friends would you say that you could talk to, like, about anything? What percentage of my guy friends? And has it yeah. changed since from high school to yeah. now? That's not mm-hmm. I like it. Nathan, making up discussion nice. questions on nice. the fly. Nice. <laughs> what percentage of my guy friends I could talk to? Um, about, like, anything. Like, if you had a problem, what percentage of them do you think you could go to and, like, they would give you the time of day and like earnestly listen and yeah. give you like good solid answers and discussion and advice. Thirty percent. Thirty. Thirty. Wow. No. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought it was gonna be. I mean, I'm yeah. trying. I'm trying to gather all yeah, the guys yeah. and then make a hundred percent out math. of that. Do yeah. math. Math. Said, so yeah. I'm gonna say thirty percent. Yeah. Of that thirty percent, I had a very strong support group. Yeah, are these yeah, your yeah. close friends or are these? These are like, all the guy friends I knew in high school. Okay, but do you like? Would you say that these are all your close friends or like your like soft ones? All of them, all together. Also, like soft Including friends and close friends. So, like of all the males you know in your life, thirty percent of them you feel like you could who talk I to. would be friendly with. Okay, you know, right. and be see and be you know. Okay. Um, and how that's changed? Well, I'm not really friends with the ones the other seventy percent anymore. <laughs> yeah, so, that's yeah, fair. Yeah, okay. yeah, no? yeah. So you would say that a hundred percent of your close friends, you could be like, yeah. That's why they're my close friends. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. But but still, like, you could have a close friend who you don't... Well, okay, so no, not 100%. No. Yeah. I would say now it's probably up to 80 or 90%. But then there are still close friends who are male who I I still have trouble. I don't think I can really bring something to them that is... Yeah. You know. Yeah. What percentage of 
Dorks? Yes. Yeah, Nathan, answer Batman. the second question. That you I know. Well, I would say, like, per, I don't know, I'm weird and I just talk about everything I'm feeling all the time. Like, but do you get so, reciprocal? But I would say two, two years ago, probably 40% of my close friends I would feel comfortable going up and talking to about anything. And now, today, like, 100%. Like, I would just go up to anyone and I feel like I could get. And that's also my relationship with even some of my closest friends who are known for, like, almost 20 years which is a crazy thing but like i i my relationship is a shame with them too right like yeah and, and i've grown more comfortable with them even after all those years yeah. so it's just like you kind of hit new milestones but I, I would say like two years ago it was a lot lower of a number than it is now Definitely. and i don't know if that comes with i don't know if that's because times are changing or i'm just getting older and i'm more comfortable doing that yeah right? but like uh i just think it's interesting and i still don't think a lot of people have that necessarily yeah. right like I always find this interesting because I have literally shared my entire life story to a woman I've never met in the bathroom before, like a couple times, <laughs> like at Same concerts. Same woman, times. No, 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 different women. Like I just like, but like there's something, and not every person, but I just like there's something about like if I see another woman who I make a connection with, that I'm like, oh yeah, I could get something from her. Like you're I could you're get. You're really like, able to level. With I them. love, yeah. I love talking to strangers about like deep life things because like. I do not understand that. I know, I know, I know. But I feel like you get really honest answers because a stranger is going to be totally upfront. No, they're going to be like, please stop talking to me. No, you try and gauge it. I'm not going to go to the sidewalk. Okay, for context, like, I work uh, in a job where you get a lot of random people who you'll, like, never work with again, and, like, you'll just kind of meet people on a day, and you're stuck with them for, like, 12 hours. And so there there are times that I've been, like, stuck, uh, like, with somebody. And you're just there, and you just start chatting, right? And you just and I've just gone off and just talked about whatever because what else are you gonna do for twelve but hours? But talked right? about whatever, or talked about like your deep emotional. No, like deep problems. emotional. See, but, that's but, hey, what I don't yeah, get. Like, here's, yeah. here's here's the difference, Nathan. Like if we like we walked into a bar and sat at the bar or went into the bathroom and saw. Job. Yeah, two guys walking into a bar. <laughs> how many men in the bar can they share their emotional trauma with? <laughs> Two oh women walks in the bar. How many women in the bar can they share their emotional trauma with? I mean, yeah. I, would. Like, I mean, it depends. Yeah. Zero for men, probably a couple for women. Yeah. I think. Um. So we're gonna end on a nice, or try to end on a nice note. Um, fuzzy. So I want you two to tell us about one of your favorite moments or experiences you've had with one of your male friends. Watching the porn was really great. <laughs> <laughs> card playing card game that's very popular um and i've been on the receiving end of julian's magic decks yes there well yeah we were both very into it um but this is more like childhood times and and we would always go and buy these cards as well we would go and get these collectible things and all the art was beautiful we'd like gush over them it was a very it was what we bonded over um and the art especially you know we both very artistic people anyways over time, we would do that less. We would see each other, you know, occasionally, but less and less. Um, you know, going to school, he um, he went to school a different place. He went out of the um, country for a long time for school. He went to Europe, um, and we really stopped seeing each other for a time. And when he came back from Europe, which was probably the longest I hadn't seen him, it was probably like a year. Um, 
he he'd had so many experiences. He had really grown as a person, had all these different things to tell me about. But he had this gift for me because he'd gone around Europe a little bit after his like schooling. And he was in he was in Spain, and at a street market in Spain, he'd found this playing card deck, and it was like you know the average like four suits kind of playing card deck, quite beautifully done, but. It wasn't the visuals of the playing cards that he got them for me for the reason. He gave them to me and he's like, smell them. And I smelt them. And so magic cards used to be printed with a certain type of ink that has a certain <laughs> smell. And they are no longer printed that oh way anymore. Oh, wow. And this deck had the same smell as the magic cards we bought as kids. And as, as materialistic as the object of the story is, yeah. that memory and knowing how how nostalgic that was for oh both God. of us was such a yeah, I'm tearing up that's it was such a beautiful thing and I was like it's <sighs> such a Julian um, it's such a Julian, Julian. Yeah. Like, he is, he's so aware enough that he would be like smell these I cards. smell that <laughs> he is he is the most sensorily like yes. sensitive person yeah. oh, I know God. It it's like truly beautiful a so yeah. that was a real oh friendship goodness. moment and a really that's deep incredible. empathetic thing that <laughs> yeah Thank you so much for sharing that. Why is that so incredible? Well, my friends. Watch porn all the time. No, no, you know, like, I know. I really have, like. In emotion. There's, like, it's impossible to pick, like, one moment. I mean, like, I'm just, like, so lucky that I have the friends that I have. And, like, it sounds like, I don't know, like a combo, but I'm just, like, so like fortunate and I think about it like constantly just how lucky I am to have met these people and how they make me feel great on a regular basis or like all this you know like there'll just be days where all of a sudden it's like oh yeah this is why we're friends or this is like this is what I needed you know like it's no questions asked you just fall into the right place or give you the exact thing you want or like you just have these like nice moments or like, you know, just, like, moments like singing in the car with your friends or, like, mm. or, you know, staying up super late playing a game and getting drunk or something. Like, you know, like, it's just, like, it's, like, a thousand tiny moments as well that are just, like, the big moments, right? I think it's, yeah, and, I don't know. And, and I count myself extremely lucky that yeah. I have these male friends that I can share my life with, I can share my feelings with, I can share my struggles with when people like my dad or my grandpa or the other men in my life didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And as, yeah, I agree with that, too. And there's still those, like, kind of toxic relationships out there, but I think hopefully it's kind of... We're going to cancel those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much. You've been so great, really. God, what a, like, yeah. soft ending. What a soft, I love ending. I love yeah. it. I love soft boys. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> maybe soft friends aren't as acquaintances. Yeah. Yeah. We should call this episode See, we, Soft Friends! So, we just use soft the word soft in, in a different context. Like, soft con- to yeah. me is like yeah, no. precious bean. Precious. Precious bean? Precious <laughs> bean, yes. Or precious little cupcake. Precious little cupcake. That's how we say uh, soft. For a long Excellent. time I called boys cupcakes. Yeah. Only when they deserved it, but like... <laughs> we called like, Calum a cupcake. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Not to my did. face <laughs> on the record. No, but then we were like, I want a cupcake. Why weren't you comfortable enough to call me a cupcake? Compliment your guy friends. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's my. <laughs> that's Nathan. That's the yeah. takeaway. Yeah. Okay. Thank, All right, you, thank you so much. much. We really Woo. appreciate it. Bye. Bye.
made it all the way to the end, we thank you. We pity you, but also we thank you. You can find us on all kinds of socials we don't know how to use. Uh, we're Akoroko, A-W-K-O-R-O-C-O on Twitter and Akwadaraka on Instagram. If you have topics, ideas, questions, compliments, you can email us at akoroko at gmail.com. We do not accept complaints. Um, if you like what we do and you want us to do it better, you can support us on Patreon. We'll leave a link in the show notes. Big thanks to Nathan for our intro music and Callum for our beautiful icon art. We'll link his Instagram in the show notes as well. He does real good art. Please check it out. That's all she wrote, folks. See you next week. Go be awkward.